From Edge Radio 99.3 FM, this is an edit of The Dice Men Cometh, the podcast. The Dice Men Cometh. I've got it. Yes, you do. (laughs) Hey, everybody, Garth here, calling in from 36,000 feet, halfway between Melbourne and Singapore on my way to Sri Lanka. But it's episode 270-something of the Dice Men Cometh today. I'm just going to leave you with Mark and Leon, and they're going to be talking about Gloomhaven, but not the real game, the actual app that you can get on your PC. Leon's got a new gaming addiction that is not what Mark and I are, which is neither skinny nor mini. And no doubt the boys will have some more things to talk about on this wonderful episode. Anyway, I've got to go now. I'll speak to you when I get back from Sri Lanka. You're with the Diceman Cometh on Edge Radio 99.3 FM. Uh, typical Garth in the toilet again, even if it's at... 30-odd thousand feet. That's it certainly is a classy book. <laughs> That's right. Now, of course, as he said, you're here on Edge Radio 99.3 FM with the Dice Men Cometh. It's Thursday evening mm. for episode 279 on the 3rd of October. Yes. This 2019th year after a thing may or may not have happened. <laughs> and Leon yes, is here with myself, Mark, in the studio to talk about games. We're not jet-setting around the world. No, sadly not. We're Although here. we only here for this week because next week we will be jet-setting to Melbourne. Across the ocean. And going to PAX. So there'll be no episode next week, sadly. Oh, we've got a bit to get through tonight. We certainly do. So... Without further ado, why don't we uh, bring up this track that you've brought in especially, Leon, and we'll come back and talk more about board games, card games, role-playing games and all things gaming here on Edge Radio 99.3 FM with a dice bed and cometh. This is Alice James. You're listening to The Dice Man Cometh, the only thing you should be listening to. Edge Radio 99.3 FM with the Dice Men Cometh. And that was the lovely band of my youth called Corn with a new song called Can You Hear Me off their new album, which is a sterling return to form for these lads after about 20 years of... Mm-hmm. How can there be a question about whether or not we can hear them when they're so loud? It's, it's a difficult <laughs> question, but it's, it's, it's quite philosophical if you think about Fair it. Fair enough. Anyway, I so understand. we're going to kick things off by talking about something that you don't play on a table at all unless you were to, say, put your computer on a table or your laptop on a table. Mm. <laughs> so what are we talking about, Mark? We are talking about the computer adaptation... Yes, of the number one game on Board Game Geek, which of course is Gloomhaven. Still number one. Um, so it's available on Steam. I don't know if it's available on any other platform. Ah, Steam's on everything. I, I play it on my PC. Of course, everyone was very excited when this came out, and I have actually had this on my radar to talk about because I've been playing it probably three, four months. Right. But. I have to say, I was very reluctant to talk about it because it is, as we call it in the computer game world, early access. Uh, You know what that means, Leon? Uh, It means they're going to take your money and then they can go, oh, it's in early access, so if there's any problems, you've got no one to blame but yourself. Well, sort of, but then it's also like, hey, guess what? 
we've built a quarter of the game. Mm. We're going to let you try it out. And, hey, you might even find some bugs for us. Mm. You know, all those things you love about Gloomhaven. Yeah. Mm, most of them aren't there. Uh, right. we're still building those. But they'll <laughs> come later and you'll have bought it for a cheap price because it's early access and maybe you'll have waited 12 months for the fully functional version or not. But, hey, you're a fan. You got in early. You can tell your friends about it. You can talk on your podcast about it. Good on you. <laughs> and then for someone like me who has no real desire to play the actual game, probably looks at this and go, oh, and this is a quarter of it instead. Hmm, maybe, well, maybe, maybe not. Well, let me tell you some of the things that it offers. So, obviously, in the board game Gloomhaven, you get to pick from six starting characters. Indeed. In the computer version, I'm just going to call it that, um, you did get to pick from four starting characters until just recently. So you had your Scoundrel, your Brute, your Cragheart, and your Spellweaver. And they just had the Tinkerer update, where they did add the Tinkerer as a playable character. So it's missing. It's just missing the Mind Thief. That's the sixth little mousy person mm-hmm. um, character. You have only nine enemy classes. So obviously in Gloomhaven, there are thousands of different monsters. So the nine enemy classes, most of them are like your bandits, your skeletons, or your basic, quite basic ones, and there's yeah. three bosses. Um, now, it is expanding, so some of this might have changed. Currently, you can play it in two modes. Ooh. You can play a tutorial, which just got released in the Tinkerer update, so very, very recently. That was one of the reasons I was very reluctant to talk about this, because there was no tutorial. So if you didn't know the game Gloomhaven pretty much inside and out, as in how it plays, you really struggled. In fact, I even struggled when I started to play this game because no tutorial, no instructions. What do I do? Which? What do I click on? Oh, I've got to click on that first before I click on that. Like, it wasn't very intuitive. That's very early access yeah, yeah, then. Yeah, exactly. And, but the tutorial now has come out. It's, it's, it's okay as far as tutorial goes. <laughs> but then you've got what they're calling... Adventure mode. What is adventure mode, I hear you ask, Leon? Probably the main mode from the board game, I would assume. You'd assume wrong. Good good on me. (laughs) What adventure mode is is basically random dungeons. Oh, God, I love random dungeons and things. Um, It's what they call roguelike, so randomly generated, a procedurally generated map. Now, it has apparently been created with the assistance of Isaac Childress, the designer of the original game, where you you do have encounters, you have multi-room fights eventually leading to a boss. And you can still get XP and level up between encounters. You can go into towns and there will be a merchant and he might have, you know, a rubbish bin that has two things that have been picked over, but you might be able to buy something out of that rubbish bin. It's not great. (laughs) Um, And then the boss might come after five or six or ten encounters, something like that. And as I understand, then it ends and you start again. So I don't know whether you can go on and build on your character after that. So again, that was also why I was reluctant to talk about this because what most people love about Gloomhaven is that sense of adventure but also that sense of growth of character, Mm -hmm. of getting more abilities, of getting stronger. And opening stuff in a big old box. Exactly, which the game doesn't really have. Although Uh, when when you level up... You yeah. do get to add in, like, the extra cards and things like that that you do in the game. 
I don't think you can unlock the new characters no. um, at this stage. And as I said, what, what they've said is it will be in early access for at least 9 to 12 months. Right. Um, at least with the Tinkerer update, they did also uh, add the ability to save your progress. So before that, right. you might... Let's say if you're a young man and you'd like to stay up late at night like some people do, you might sit up playing it till 2 a.m. and be just short of the boss Mm. and then go, oh, I've got to go to work tomorrow. I might go to bed now. Yeah. And been playing it for three or four hours and then when you come back, you've got to start all over again. So like a proper roguelike video game, except most good roguelikes, they give you like, you know, they drip feed you. They drip feed you bibs and bobs. It's like, oh, you've always at least had these upgrades that you Mm -hmm. keep either permanently or you have access to, whereas this is just like, no, 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 no. Everything you've done, out the window. Yeah. And then so there's probably, you know, point three or point four of why I was reluctant to talk about this. But at least, (laughs) so with the Tinkerer update, as I said, they've introduced the tutorial, they've introduced the ability to save, they've introduced the ability to, to move forward, they've introduced an extra character. So what what does it do well? Well, it gives you a, a graphical representation of what's going on in the Gloomhaven board game. And for people who love the board game and can't get to the table, say someone like me, yeah. you know, it does at least scratch part of that itch because it looks great. It looks like a version of Gloomhaven brought to life in digital form. If you're a video game aficionado and you're used to your witches and fallouts and all those things that look amazing... Yeah. See how, how behind the times I am. <laughs> um, you'll be disappointed. Oh. Because it looks like a board game has been made into a video game, which is what you want if you're a board gamer. Maybe not if you're a video gamer. I guess the, I would guess the target audience is people who like the board game but want to play more of it. Yeah, fair and, enough. I mean, for them it works. And um, for the same reason, when it first started, one of the things that a lot of people, I don't know if you're a fan of this, Leon, but... A lot of people loving Gloomhaven is that thing where you attack and you have to flip your little attack deck and you could get a minus two, a plus two, a plus zero, a no damage or a double damage. Yeah, it and it's quite a climactic bit of contact of combat. When they first brought this game out, that was represented by teeny weeny little numbers that you could hardly see when you attacked. Yep. If you looked really closely at the screen, you would go... I'm going to do three damage. Oh, I did four. Oh, oh, I didn't do any damage. What happened? Now, in this recent update, those numbers are much bigger, and so it's very clear what you've done. You can also hover over your character, and it'll tell you which of those cards you've used and which ones of those are still to come, because that's one of the things you like to think about in Gloomhaven is, oh, I've had three minus ones in a row. I must be due for a good attack. I'll go in with my big power attack because it's probably going to get something added to it. Hmm, So they do that quite well. One of the things they don't do well, it's not mentioned at all in the tutorial, is you have no idea about the enemy AI. Now, of course, in the board game, the enemy AI is very important because you're flipping a card over for these enemies and then they're doing something. But... Behind that, there are these rules around these characters will look for the person who's focused or the person they can attack first or the person who moved or the person who did the most damage or there's all these rules. The rules, Mark. It's always about the rules. That's right. And one of the things, of course, that's great about a video game is 
You don't need to know the rules. Yeah. The, the game does the rules. You just do your stuff and the game will either let you do it or not let you do it. Mm-hmm. In this, obviously the game knows the rules, but it's sort of important to know if I do this, is that guy going to attack me or is he going to attack my friend? Or well, when I say my friend, I mean the other me. Cause yes. Did I say you can only play it solo? No, you did not. So you can only play it solo, Liam. Wow, you are a hell of a salesman, Mark. This is sounding even better by the second. Now, of course, when it gets out of early access, I'm sure you'll have multiplayer, I'm sure you'll have local mode and online mode and all these amazing things, but you don't have that at the moment. You know what else you don't have, Leon? Oh, God. Do you not... By this point, does it not have sound? (laughs) No, no, it has lots of sound. Oh, good for them. But... What is one of the most important things in a board game? In fact, it's so important, we even once made a thing to track this thing. Oh, God, we made a thing to track this We made a thing to track this ability in board game. We made it where you could check off each time you did this. Do you Uh, remember that? uh, Oh, yes, the the Take Backsy card, of course. Take Backsy card. Yes, it's a very important part of the board gaming landscape, I think. Now, I guess in video games, often if you cast a spell at someone or you pick, you're ready a spell to cast at, say, if you're a magic user, you don't really get to go, oh, hang on, I don't want to prepare that spell. I want to prepare the other spell. Well, in the PC world, you have the things called scum saving, where for anyone that's played, like, say, the XCOM game, where after every attack, yeah. every turn, <laughs> you then save because... Is that what it's called? You don't want to lose... Yes, scum saving. It's, it's, it's frowned upon by some, but in XCOM especially, I'm fine with it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing is, if I choose... Because, obviously, in Gloomhaven, you're picking your two cards, you're using the top half of one card and the bottom half of the other card to play it, if you make a mistake and you click on the top half of the wrong card, you can't go back. Mm. You can't change it. And I really feel like as it's a board game and not a video game, and as you can do that by mistake and then it can destroy your whole turn, that would be a good thing to have, an undo button, if you like. Yes, I'd, I'd imagine that would come in handy. Anyway, have I told you enough about what it doesn't have. <laughs> well, you're trying to tell me some positives, but that kind of swung back into what it doesn't have hey, as well. you know what the number one positive is? What? It's Gloomhaven. Okay. It's on my computer. Uh. I don't have to pull out thousands of bits and get it up on the table and then try and convince three friends to come round and make the three or four hours to play it. Yeah. I can do it whenever I like. Yeah, that convincing... That's a huge positive. That convincing's not going too well, is it? When, when was the last time we got the actual behemoth to the table? Well, it's been a while, and that's why I've been having so much fun with this, because it brings back those memories. And then I go and say to Garth, we've got to get Gloomhaven back to the table. And then Bo says, oh, I've never played that I'd like to play, and I start getting excited, and yeah. then we don't have the time. Well... You and Bo and Garth are more than happy to go nuts. <laughs> Myself and Aiden and Trent and Oren that have also played it will, mm-hmm. will, will happily go do something else in the I corner somewhere. I understand. Yeah. Um, anyway, look, Isaac Childress, as I says, has been involved in this uh, in the development and design of this digital adaptation, and apparently every artistic and design choice is personally vetted by him. Oh, nice. So, if you're interested in Gloomhaven, you didn't. You weren't aware of Steam or you weren't aware what the Gloomhaven Steam version could and couldn't do. I hope that gives you a little bit more of an idea. Look, it's definitely worth checking out if you love Gloomhaven. Um, it does play quite nicely. I have happily whiled away hours and hours on it, even more happily now that I can actually save and move forward. Yeah. Um, 
but I thought it was worth talking about. No, that does fair enough. Probably now that I think about it, probably a, on a, a bit of on air behind the curtain talk. I should probably talk at some point about all the board games you can play on the Nintendo Switch these days. Because on my Nintendo Switch, mm-hmm. which is obviously you can play on the TV, multiple player, yep. very, very easily, or you can play handheld on planes and whatever else, I believe, if off the top of my head, I've got Carcassonne, I've got Catan, mm-hmm. I've got Pandemic, which are the ones you kind of expect. Yes. Uh, I've also got Raiders of the North Sea as Ooh. well, which has just come out. There's about on, four on Switch. Yeah, on the Switch. And it yeah. looks really nice too. There's about five or six proper board games on the Nintendo Switch as well. Like I said, you can take them on a plane, do your turn, hand them to yeah. somebody next to you. So I might have to might have to play yeah. some a bit more of them and have a chat to some people well, about that. Well, look, before we go to a break, yeah. talking about games, Yes. talking about the Switch, Yes. if I said to you, Leon... Uh-huh. It's a lovely morning in the village, and you are a horrible goose. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? I would honk and honk and honk and spread my (laughs) rings everywhere. I know exactly what you're talking about, Mark. So I'm, of course, talking about Untitled Goose Game. Yes, which has taken the world by storm. Which is not available on Steam yet, but will be apparently in January. But It is available on the Nintendo Switch. That's right, and it's described as... A slapstick stealth sandbox game. Yeah, it's basically the the Hitman game, if anyone's ever played that, or the Hitman Go version that's on the apps. It's basically that, except you're a goose. And you've got your character, yeah, described as a horrible goose. Yep. You've got a town full of people just trying to get on with your day. Mm. And did you know, as a goose... You hate them. Yeah, well, some of them are very, very annoying. Because, I mean, let's face it, human beings, some of them aren't that great. Yeah, and you've got a dedicated honk button. Yeah, you do. Um, Now, what I didn't... Well, firstly, I started to see this pop up on Facebook and I was just like, what is this? Yeah. And I had to check it out last night and find out, of course, that it's only on Switch, so that doesn't help me. Might help you. But the other thing that I didn't realise, because this seems to be taking the world by storm in quite a viral way... This is the second game released by a little group called House House. Mm -hmm. It's a studio found by four Australian game designers. Car and the Aussies. You've got Stuart Gillespie-Cook, you've got Jacob Strasser, you've got Michael McMaster, and you've got some guy who's... First name is missing, but his second name is Disseldorp. Well, there you go. Um, Mr. Disseldorp. I think they're from Melbourne. Sounds about right. Um, They sound like Melbourne folk. I mean, firstly, I was blown away by this, that this crazy goose game that doesn't even like doesn't have amazing graphics or anything it looks very no. much old school yeah that it has taken the world by storm but secondly that it's an australian game well this happens quite often because people forget that the whole point of video games is to have fun mm. and this game is like this game game only goes for like two hours and it's just two hours of quite literally being a goose <laughs> so on that note we should perhaps move on from being a goose okay well we'll take a break um, we'll come back and we'll talk about what, how, what you've been spending your money on, you silly Lots goose. Lots of money. Uh, the Dice Men come with an Edge Radio 99.3 FM. Hey, this is Dan May. I'm the creative director at Starling Games and the creator of Polyhero Dice. And you're listening to the Dice Men Cometh. I've listened to the guys' ideas about creating their own games. One on a very long drive back from... Uh, BorderCon was a uh, legacy game about wallpapering. Um, it's not bad, actually. Oh, 
Me? You're looking at me, Leon. Hello. Yes, yes. you were going to come out of that you're song, the, Mark. You're the heavy metal guru, but I had said I was going to come out of that song from Evans Blue called Stop and Say You Love Me. This is why you love me, because I'm so good at this thing. <laughs> anyway, you are with the Dicemen Cometh here on Thursday evening in Hobart on Edge Radio 99.3 FM or live from the internets via our podcast. It's Leon and I yes. here in the studio because Garth is jet-setting away over the seas on some travel industry jaunt that he gets to do. As he tends to. And so, of course, while we're here, mm -hmm. I'm at home playing my computer. Yeah. And, Leon, yeah. you're spending money, I understand. I am <laughs> sitting by myself bored on my night shifts. Yes, spending all the money. Now, after last week's episode, you mentioned uh, a game on Kickstarter that I had not put much thought into. It was um, the one set in the Joan of Arc world. Yeah, Destinies. Uh, Destinies. And I was very excited about it. And I must say, I went home from that evening's show and I did back it. Awesome. And as I was backing it, I saw something else and mm. went, hmm, interesting, let's have a gander. <laughs> and that gander is now going to set me back more money than I've ever spent on a Kickstarter ever. What? Yes. And the last winner of that prize was, I believe, the Batman mm, game, definitely. which was over 500. Uh, and then maybe I think the Bloodborne game, which yeah. was very close to 500, maybe even a little bit more as well. <sighs> $500? Uh, this one's going to cost me around $600. Oh, my God. But hang on. But... You were just saying, this is so awesome because they're so cheap. Yes, they are cheap. <laughs> so, the thing I'm talking about is made by a company uh, from Los Angeles, California. They also make something called Dungeon in a Box, Ooh. which is, you know how you've got your loot crate type things? Yep. You've got your, you know, your nerd crate, we'll send you nerdy stuff. You've got your Star Wars crate, we'll send you Star Wars stuff. Yep. They basically do that for RPGs. Oh, wow. Where they send, they have a story that they've broken up into lots of different chapters and for about $30, I think that's US, and yep. I haven't looked into if they ship to Australia, sadly or not, they will send you once per month like a 20-page story okay. and a couple of minis and yeah. a couple of battle maps and stuff like that. Oh, so wow. you could play yeah. D&D if you're friends, if you only met like once a month and go, I got the box, let's meet this weekend, yeah. let's play this for a few hours. It's a belting idea. Although, yes, that sounds expensive. Well, not necessarily. I mean, what's if you break it down with the ratios of like conversion and stuff, it's say $50-odd a month or a bit more. But what's that between yeah. five or six yeah, people? Yeah, that's right. So anyway, this company is now making it, and that's called, and the Dungeon in a Box is what they're called. Yeah. They are making something now called Skinny Minis. Ooh. Now, as we know, I've mentioned on this show a couple of times, mostly all of last week, <laughs> that I've got into RPGs quite heavily in the last few years. Mm. However, when I've ran the games that I've been running, I've been doing it as theatre of the mind, mainly because I like to think of myself as quite a creative young fella, ah. which I'm not that young anymore, <laughs> but it's beside the point. Uh, but it's all, also, it's all relative, trust me. But also, I don't have all the minis at the moment. Yeah. I've backed some really cool battle maps and stuff on Kickstarter, but I don't have the minis because minis are very expensive. Mm. And to get the ones you exactly want, again, not cheap, and then you've got to paint them, which is... Oh, God, the time. I'll make uh, similarities to the skinny minis that I've made before with a game that I love, Summoner Wars. Mm -hmm. The reason I say that to people, my elevator pitch for that is, if you loved, say, the idea of Warhammer or the idea of magic, but you don't have thousands of hours to spend yeah. on deck building and painting and you don't have thousands and thousands of dollars to spend yeah. on buying the cards or buying the minis, this skinny minis is kind of like that because... What they are is they're hard plastic standees. So think of something like, say, Dead Gloomhaven. of Winter. Gloomhaven or Dead of Winter that mm -hmm. has standees. Now, 
We've always been quite big fans of them here on the Dice Man yep. Cometh because, again, they're cheap, whereas most games come with minis that are rather expensive yes. and they don't come pre-painted. Some of them you have the option to spend more to get them pre-painted, mm-hmm. but it is quite a bit. So the standees I always am a big fan of with things like Dead of Winter. So that's what these are, except they are hard plastic and also there is art on both sides. Ah, okay, yes. So to give you an example, and they're selling them in all different sorts of sets, so I can't do this any justice. You really should check out their Kickstarter page, mainly so I hopefully that you will back it and I get some more stretch goals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not wink, wink, nudge, nudge everybody out there. So, for instance, the smallest one you can get is you can back to get three sets which costs you $33 Australian. Um, I can't remember what the shipping is, but it was relatively reasonable, especially okay. to Because they wouldn't, they wouldn't be that heavy because no, no, no. And you can, almost like cardboard. And you can buy folders as well to keep these in. Okay, they yeah. actually have them as part of these. Like I said, you pledge for different sets. You can have 3, 10, 50, 60 sets, it's like some of us may do. And then the, the folders count as like two sets worth to get a folder. Yeah. So you can kind of mix and match how you want it from there. So, for instance, if you were to get three sets, if I were just to now go to say the top three sets on this list, which has about 30-odd sets on it. Yeah. So the top ones here is, the top one is Dwarves. Dwarven Combat Heroes comes with 16 unique male and female Paladin Ranger, Rogue Fighter, Monk, Barbarian, plus two minecarts, one forge, one anvil, and 16 bases. Yeah. That's one set. Yeah. So like I said, in the smallest pledge for $33, you get three sets. Yeah, okay. So you get... Your dwarf heroes, your dwarf spellcasters, which is, again, the eight different kinds of spelly uh, D&D-type characters, mm-hmm. and then, say, your combat elves as well. Okay. If you got all of those, that would give you about nearly 50 minis yep. for $33, say an extra tenner on there for shipping yeah. for $40. You tell me how many actual minis you can buy for $40 in a store, and they have it actually on the site yeah. here. They show for $22 you can get 36-odd minis, if not more, plus the extra stretch goals that have been unlocked and freebies and whatnot. You can get three or four minis that yeah. come completely unpainted, and you have to sort out that yourself, and they might not be as cool as you look, and the yep. art on these are absolutely amazing. And as I've showed, Mark, just scrolling through now, the different things yeah. they have. And these There's... guys, they have, like, mounts that you can put all these different characters on. So things like, you know, horses and pegasus and griffins and stuff. They've got all your bad guys, your undeads, your orcs, as well as all the different heroes. They've got dragons. Some of these things are humongous. Okay. And they just keep getting unlocked more and more and more. Things like your underdark, your trolls, your ogres, your winged mounts, your evil minions. I could go on and on and on. Yeah. I'm very excited about this. Can you tell? <laughs> but, again, I come back to, yes, it's so cheap. So why would you then spend $600, Leon? Because $600 is going to get me about five, 600 of these minis. So I will never, ever. Okay. And they are... All your standard fantasy type D&D trope yep. different characters. Yep. I will never have to buy minis ever, ever, ever again. And if we had, say, a character creating session, I could say to somebody, I could put these hundreds of minis in front of them and go, yep. which one do you like the look yeah. of? We could base a character around that. Okay. And they will have all these giant monsters as well. Like I've already unlocked, I think there's like seven or eight now, these ones that are, I can't, you know, say mobile phone size but a little bit bigger of these things. And if you bought a mini that size... 
that'd be $50, $60 by itself. Yeah. And these are just unlocked stretch goals that have come with it. And in the, this campaign, which is one of the longer campaigns on Kickstarter, I think they started well over 30 days. Okay. In the last three or four weeks, what they're doing is for... They've unlocked a lot of stretch goals already. They're actually putting out as a vote for people that you can vote on the final sets that okay. you want. Yep. And they've already flat out said that these sets will be then included in this campaign. However, any of the ones you desperately wanted... We will come back and do this again. Okay, so well, kind of like with mm. the Batman one that I spent all the money on, they said, we noticed there's some heroes that people really willing yeah. want that aren't in this. We will be back again once of this course. is successful. And this has already raised, you know, half a million dollars. Wow. So, for instance, I got an email today that gave me the first poll for things you could vote on, and one of them was like some more undead. There was ones that was more fairies, more werewolves, things of that. I voted for more undead because... Because metal. Realistic, because metal, but realistically it had things like zombies and ghosts in it. Yeah. I will use them yeah. in a lot of my games. And you do want to have 30 or 40 of those rather than like three or four. Yeah, well, I think the set of them comes with like six zombies and stuff like that. Okay. So it's the same as like with your, your bandits. It's here, 12 unique human bandits with different, you know, and eight different unique trolls, yeah. 14 different golems. I could go on... I won't. I apologise already. No, no, that's This just okay. sounds like a massive ad that I'm not being paid for. When does when does this The um, campaign finish? ends in about a month. As of recording, which is the 3rd of the 10th, it has 22 days to go. Okay. So plenty of time for people to get on and have yep. a crack and have so a look at it. It ends on uh, October 26th, 3pm. Yes. yes. So I suggest that people do have a look at them. I can't say that I've... You know, I haven't seen these in person, but yep. there are videos that show people actually getting the real thing because okay. some of these minis they have used in those Dungeon in a Box before, mm -hmm. they send people, I think Reaper minis these guys are associated with, yep. they'll send them one or two of those as like the hero minis yeah. and then they'll send them these skinny minis as like the enemies in the campaign for that box. And I think it just got to the point where everyone went, the art and the standard of these is really good. We would like more, please. Yeah. And, yeah, so I saw this, had no idea about it and just went, oh, my God, all the money. Well, talking about Gloomhaven, that's one of the things I think works really well in Gloomhaven is you've got your mini for your hero, uh -huh. but all the monsters are standees. And, yep. you know, some people would be like, oh, but I don't want a mix of minis and the standees. But it, it works really well because... Often the monsters are on the board, they're off the board, they're on the board, they're off the board. Yeah. I must say I'm one of those people that I'm not a huge fan of the mix. I would have almost rathered the um, the, the heroes to maybe just okay. be a, a higher quality of standee maybe. Not necessarily plastic, but yeah. something similar. However, with this, like, oh, there's the, the King of Queen of Dragons, Tiamat, anyway. <laughs> just to show you some of the other okay. crazy stuff. Can I, can I tell you a sad story? If it involves this Kickstarter being cancelled, no. No, no, no. no that, that would be a happy story, maybe. No, no so not at all. I when I got into D and D again with my my gaming group, sort of about the same time I was getting back into board games, we used to play. Yep. Uh, that's when I, we were playing the three point five. Yep. Uh, D and D at third three point five edition. Mm -hmm. I started buying. Yep. You used to be able to buy the pre painted D and D brand. Yeah. Minis, mm -hmm. and they came in a like a booster pack, like very much in the model of your Magic the Gathering booster pack, yep. where you'd get a mix and you'd get a rare figure. I don't know if you had like a medium rare, but then, you know, like six... Like a steak. Yeah, <laughs> five or six common ones. Yeah, well, they still do that now. Okay. I don't... I think... Yeah, no, they still do that and they still are painted from what I recall. Yeah, yeah, it, is, it, is, it is the blind blister box yeah, type thing as yeah. well. So I, I've mentioned to you a couple of times, I think, I've got a... 
I've got a Doc Martin box. So you know Doc Martin boots. I do remember. I've got Doctor Martin's I've boots. I've got a Doctor Martin's boots box. Yep. That I can barely get the lid shut. Mm-hmm. Of these pre-painted 3.5 edition D&D minis. I'm talking, I've got dragons that are bigger than my fist. That's a big fist. Actually, though, remember when we started playing Oren's campaign and I brought those little minis along? Yes, I do recall. Well, they are some of them. And I I guess there probably might be 150 minis in there. Nice. I reckon, I reckon I paid easily... Yeah. Hundreds of dollars for those. Uh, you're being generous there. Hundreds yeah, yeah. Of dollars, that, that yeah. now that now sit in a shoebox. Whereas these, I'm going to have them. Like we're looking at a video right now of the folder that's flipping through. I'm going to yeah. have these in probably the amount I'm going to get, probably about ten folders yeah. or something, sitting on my nice big D and D cabinet, and they're going to be there forever. Between these and the battle maps that I'm getting. That's me sorted. Yeah. I don't have to worry about painting. I don't have to worry about getting more things. I can just have these hundreds and hundreds of them for, for, for years to Well, come. no, the, you missed the point. The point I was making is, you know that $600 you've got? Yeah. Imagine if you bought a shoebox full of real minis. No, nah, I don't like Doc Martens. <laughs> that's, that's the problem there. Anyway, so have a crack and have a look at it. Skinny minis on Kickstarter. I am backing it all the way. If you want to do the same thing and help get me some scratch goals, I will not say no. Okay, well, we'll come back and talk about the news in a moment coming up. Hello, everybody. Your friendly neighbourhood, Leon, here. We'll get you back to the action in just a few seconds, but first, a few bits of information for you. If you're a new listener to the show, or even an old listener, and you haven't left us a review on iTunes, we would really, really appreciate it. We've grown in leaps and bounds over the last few years, and a lot of the reason is because of those iTunes reviews. Because if you throw up five stars on there, people all around the world, which we have a fair few international listeners now outside of Australia, have found the podcast because of that. Second... Do you know that we have a Patreon? Yes, if you've been listening to the Dice Men for the five years or more of goodness we've been pumping free into your ears, if you want to give a little bit back, we're not asking anybody out there to go giving us $20, $30 a month. That's ridiculous. What I would suggest personally is give us a dollar, two, three dollars a month. I do that myself with about a dozen or so podcasts. I don't even know it's gone from my bank account, but I can tell you that they sure know about it. Every cent we get, we do not spend at the pub as much as we might sound like we do. We spend it on going to conventions all around Australia and hopefully very soon internationally as well. And finally, also, if you wanted to get your hand on some Dice Men merchandise, jump over to redbubble.com, put in Dice Men in the search, and you'll be able to buy t-shirts, hoodies, mugs, etc., whatever you want. So, if you'd like to support us, we really appreciate it. We do love you all. You are all our friends and family, and hopefully you will be for many years to come. Now, back to the action. Edge Radio 99.3 FM with the Dice Men Cometh. That was Hands Like Houses with Sick, a lovely Australian band who are coming down to Tassie very, very soon. Sick. I, yes, I shall be going there with a plethora of friends and enjoying my head-banging funsies. Now, Mark, is it time for the... It is time for the news. Now, if you uh, follow us on Facebook, you would have seen our surprise announcement where we broke the news about Aussie publisher Grail Games being bought not by Asmodee... What? ...but by a company called Surf and Meeple that I don't know I'd even heard of before, but they've been buying other games. They bought Matago... Well... ...Bombix mm. and Colossal with a K. Ah, yes. They already own, and now they own Grail Games. So what that means is some of the Grail Games titles will go to Matago. 
Designer David Harding, who we love here, yep. one of our favourite people, he'll be helping to develop future games for Manigo, amazingly enough. So are you trying to tell me that David Harding's going to be working on Comet 2 sometime Ooh, soon? I don't know. We'll have to ask him. That would be amazing. And but then Grail Games, that name will still stay there, and it will be synonymous with the midweight Euro games, and in particular the reprints mm -hmm. that we've grown to know and love from Grail Games. So that is so exciting yes. for that little Aussie board game company that could... You know, it was quite sad to see other game companies in Australia pass by, but mm. Grail have hit the big time. Yes, well done, lads. All the best. Okay, more news. Um, Kickstarter. Speaking of Kickstarter. Yeah. They've been accused of union busting. Yes, I do hear about this. Yeah, now look, it's a funny little story. I'm not going to take sides, but apparently Kickstarter fired two workers and laid one off. They were all people who were instrumental in trying to set up a union at Kickstarter, and the word was they were sacked for performance-related issues, mm. but then when um, a couple of creators sort of threw their arms up and said, well, hang on, what's this? Kickstarter came out with a statement where it said they stood by their decision to fire the organisers, they would be dispatching their lawyers to fight the claims, they wouldn't voluntarily recognise a union even if the vast majority of workers signed up for one, Wow. they would not pledge even to remain neutral on unionisation and would continue to actively oppose the effort. However, mm. and I think, you know, unionisation in America and Australia is quite different because yes. if Kickstarter unionises, it would be one of the very first white-collar tech unions in the United States. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that makes sense, I suppose. So, look, it's just interesting to see that. Um, talking of minis games, mm -hmm. Martin Wallace Wildlands that yes. I know Garth played when he went to Essen Unplugged, I think, last yes, year. Yes, I'm hoping to have a crack at that at PAX. I've been umming and ahhing yep. buying that for quite some time. We'll hold off. Okay. Because Judge Dredd, uh. Helter Skelter, is a new miniatures game that utilises Martin Wallace's Wildlands rule set. Interesting. It's set in the world of 2000 AD. Now, in this game, the multiverse, not that multiverse, has shattered into fragments and four factions from different time periods are trying to find them. Each of the shattered fragments link the factions back to their own universe, but their plight doesn't concern Judge Dredd. Because he the law. Yeah. Um, so this game comes with 20 unique ink-washed miniatures... Heaps of other stuff. It's a 30 to 60 minute game for two to four players and it's coming out later this month. What? Wow, that was quick. Yeah, yeah. That, so I'm, I'm... Wildlands didn't grab me when Garth described it, but when I hear Judge Dread, Yeah, why not? I'm sounding interested. And look, a special one for you, Leon. Ooh. Ultra Pro, they're releasing their D20 Dungeons and Dragons Heavy Metal yeah. Black and Red Dice this month too. These... This set of two D20s are made of premium, weighty zinc alloy. Yeah. And they are an official dice set of D&D &D with, of course, the standardised numbers. They've got the D&D &D ampersand where the logo is. And they're about, I don't know, I'm holding my fingers up. They're big. Bigger D20s. Well, the, the problem is, is now that I have my super awesome, amazing gaming table, mm. and I do have some friends that have some of these, like, harder, big metal, and every time they roll them on the table, I'm just like, what do you do? <laughs> don't break the big old table, but, you know, it's still nice. Well, there you go. So you get a set of two in a set. They're going to be about 15 US dollars. So yes. what's that, about 
hundred Australian dollars these yeah, days. Yeah, something like that. Oh, it's a lot of skinny minis, to be honest, but still. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, now, WizKids has announced an all-new remastered edition of a game we want to play, uh-huh. Sidereal Confluence. Indeed. Um, now, as I said, we I think we were going to play it at BorderCon, and then the game got full, and it was like full with nine people or something. Yeah. It's got new cover art by Quanshai Moria, who's an amazing artist. There's an updated card layout, cardboard turn and bidding trackers, a teaching guide, and an updated insert. So we'll keep an eye out for that one. Lovely. Um, it's going to be coming out later this year. And Leon. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I'll, I'll save it for last. The super exciting news. Okay. The other thing I heard that um, I didn't even know about, that this was coming, but it came out today, was, yeah. to quote our friend Ella from Ella Love Board Games, Yeah. A Wingspansion. Ah, yes, the Wingspansion everyone's That's been going right. on about today. It's the ex- first expansion to Wingspan. Or was it Kitty Terraforming Mars, I believe you <laughs> called it? <laughs> So, no, I didn't. Quite, quite politely. It was, yeah, that's the polite version. Well, I like Wingspan. I have a copy of it on the way. I look forward to the playing the Wingspansion. Uh, apparently, they've just sold out of the um, the play mats, which are quite nice. The neoprene oh, yes. play mats that yeah. you can get from the the Stonemaier website. Anyway, the Wingspansion brings European birds into Wingspan. Lovely, more variety. A heap of new good. birds, um, more eggs, um, some tricky new mechanics. Apparently, that don't break the base game. Good, good. But bring interesting things. And that is um, apparently the uh, the pre-order may already be sold out. It's like that crazy. It wouldn't surprise me. So. Um, but, but they were taking pre-orders on the um, Stonemaier Games website. And the biggest of news... The biggest of news. The biggest of news yeah. is not yet announced, uh-huh. but I believe it will be made public tomorrow in real time. So we're here Thursday evening, almost 8 o'clock. Tomorrow in Australian time, mm-hmm. some time, the nominees uh-huh. for the 2019 Kanga Awards oh, will yes. be announced. Lovely. Australia's greatest board game award, Indeed. voted by board gaming media, celebrities, luminaries, visionaries. Keep going. Otherinaries. Otherinaries. Yeah, cool. Um, which, of course, include us. Yes. <laughs> amongst many others. Indeed. But... We're announcing the nominees for the three awards. Let me remind you, we yes. have the Best Gameplay Award, uh-huh. we have the Best Visuals Award, mm-hmm. and we have the Game of the Year. Now, these awards, obviously, to be have your game entered into it, you just have to have some Australian connection bit yes. in your game, whether it's designer, artist, publisher, yes. or whatever. You need to have an Australian working with you know with their name attached to yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. Because it's about time we, we recognise the Aussies. That's I mean, right. We do we have been for years anyway, but still, it's nice to keep doing it. Well, and so many of our great Australian game designers, artists, producers, as we have mentioned quite a few already this night, mm-hmm. are kicking goals not here, just here in Australia, but worldwide. Indeed. So, without further ado, mm-hmm. Leon, or maybe a little bit of further ado... Possibly. Um, ..I want to tell you that the three nominees for Best Gameplay Kanga uh-huh. are... Yes. Everdell. Makes sense. The Brigade. Lovely. And Kingdom of Air. Kingmaker. Lovely work. 
Is it Kingmaker Kingdom of Air or Kingdom of Air? It's Kingdom of Air. That's the name of the series. Kingmaker is the game. Because uh, there's Kingdom of Air, Crown de Fleur. Yeah. And then there's that awesome one, the Forge game that he's got making at the moment that, okay. I, that I played um, at LFG that I can't wait to him to get out of the world. So there you go. They're the three nominees. Mm-hmm. Best so- visuals. And uh, look, uh, what I will say is so the, the actual uh, winners are going to be announced. We think it's probably. At the end of the month. Yes, give or take. Yeah, a little bit fluid at the moment. We'll see with timing and everything because there's lots of stuff happening this time of year. Mm -hmm. Um, But we'll see. So we will talk about these more, but I wanted to just get the word out there. Mm-hmm. So best visuals, Leon. Which, which is, is it fair to say this is always the one that has possibly the most debate, possibly? we're going well, Because, I mean, it's subjective, isn't it? It is. It is, and we have so many amazing artists. Yeah. I mean, just in Tassie alone, we've got two of them. At That's least exactly the, well, right. Two big ones that we know yeah. of. Yeah. So the best visuals, the three nominees are uh-huh. Everdell, not really surprised there. No. With Dan May yep. taking charge of all the arty, graphic-y bits, as well as being involved in the game design. Mm-hmm. Um, Escape Plan, the Vital Lacerda game illustrated uh, and graphic designed by Ian O'Toole. Ian O'Toole, never heard of him. <laughs> that guy just <laughs> that, keeps uh, he, smashing it out of the game. He just happens to be on every other game. That's right. And yeah. Lucidity uh, Six-Sided Nightmares. Because metal. Because the art is so metal, yes. that's right, yes. uh, by Foxtail Games, Shannon Kelly from Foxtail Games. Yes, indeed. Um, he's the designer, not the artist. And there, I think there's a couple of different artists involved there. Yes, tattoo artists that did art for that game. Now, interestingly, the artists aren't Australian. No, but that doesn't matter. I think there's one that is Swedish or Finnish or Danish. Something to that effect. Um, Either way, it's Shannon Kelly's game, who is very Australian, who happens to have some good tattoo mates from around the world. We'll we'll talk more about these, and we have talked about them in the past. And the game of the year. Oh, yes. The the, big one. The big one. So would you be surprised if I told you that one of the nominees was Everdell? I would not, after what you've just said in the last couple of minutes. There you go. And the second nominee... Uh Uh-huh. The Brigade. Oh, lovely work. Red Genie Games, Alex Winter and his team there. I've got it at home with the expansion. My partner and I have loved to play this. We've played it with other people. Fantasy firefighting, how can you go wrong? There you go. And the third game, Uh well, look, no surprise here. Uh It is only the number 11 ranked board game ever. Fair enough. On Board Game Geek. Yes. And that is Brass Birmingham uh, by adopted Australian Martin Wallace. Yes, which to not show our hand early, was this the, the, the game of, of, of the con for both you and Garth yes. at, at uh, BorderCon this year? So we can say that it lives up to the hype, could we say? Yeah, that? Oh, absolutely. And so just to be clear, it's not only you and I and Garth that are voting oh, on God, these no, awards, no, no. it's other media, yes. luminaries, visionaries, dignitaries. Yes. Otheries, yes, um, ovaries. Um, <laughs> there are some of those involved. Um, so, of course, just because we like something doesn't mean it's going to win. No, God, no. But we will be announcing the winner um, closer to the end of the month. Yes, indeed, you do. Probably and the show or two after packs, I'd imagine. On that note, Leon. Yes, I've run out of. Uh, news and we've run out of time. What a shock! We never do that. <laughs> so anyway, it was lovely to talk to you all yet again. We will hopefully see a lot of you at PAX oh, sometime yes. next weekend. We will look forward to that immensely. If not, you know where we are on the social medias. You can chat to us all the time. We are happy to chat anytime. And we're out of here. We are indeed. We'll see you in two weeks' time. We might even see you at PAX live. Indeed. Come and say hello. 
Bye. See you, mate. This has been an edit of The Dice Men Cometh from Edge Radio 99.3 FM, Hobart's independent youth station. Find us on Facebook and edgeradio.org.au.